All right, we are continuing our series. Uh, last week we took a break, talked about just the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, and uh, today we are um, continuing the series, um, The Daily War, The Life of the Christ Follower, and I've really enjoyed this series. Um, just so you know, most of the messages that I prepare are, are things that God's working on me about, and then I get to just share it with you. Um, really, to be honest, you know, this is daily battles that I face, and I hope that, I, that you've seen, you know, my transparency and you know that, okay, we well, you know because you always talk about how you struggle with this, this, and this, and this. Uh, but that's just the truth. We're all in this fight together. Um, I don't want you to ever think that your pastor is just on a different level than you. And you probably already don't think that. I've tried to not make it that way. But, but that's just the bottom line. You know, we're, we're, we're all on the same page. We're working together. We're, this is a community of believers um, working together, uh, doing what God wants and serving Him. And this, this series has really challenged me and made me more aware of the daily war that we face. Um, whether it was we talked about fear versus faith. We talked about um, compassion versus apathy. We talked about, um, I can't remember any other ones right now, top of my head. Um, but other ones that we've talked about, I've been a lot more aware of it in my life. And God's worked on, been working on me about this. And today's uh, a war that we're going to talk about um, is I believe at the root of many other of the daily battles we've already talked about we've already, we, that we're going to face. It's like the root one, which is why I believe it's so important to recognize it in our daily lives. Uh, we probably, um, all of us, are defeated in this war more than any other one, um, which is why we need to have strategy, which is why we need to be aware of it. And uh, if you hear this message today... Uh, and suddenly, you know, think that this war that we're going to talk about is, doesn't apply to you. So, well, this one's definitely not for me. Trust me, uh, it's definitely for you, especially if you think this one's definitely not for me. Um, the war today that we're going to talk about is humility versus pride. Humility versus pride. Um, and I think if you know anything about pride um, and humility, you recognize why I said it's at the root of so many other wars. Um, oftentimes when we're living in fear instead of faith, the root of that is pride because we're so focused on self and what's going to happen to me through this. If it's compassion and apathy or not caring or not showing compassion, usually the root of that apathy is pride. It's self. It's self-focused. It's I need to worry about my things right now. And on and on we could go when it comes to that. If it's about anger, you know, the root of anger oftentimes, again, is pride because you didn't do what I asked you to do or whatever it may be. Um, and it's not... Pride, for so long, I, I, I related pride simply just to arrogance and haughtiness. But it's so much more than just arrogance. You know, growing up, especially when you hear like Sunday school lessons on pride, it was always about someone thinking they're the best or, or King Saul being prideful or, or on and on you could go about someone just being Goliath showing pride, things like that. But it's so much more than that. And so today, I, I, what I want to do is this actually is going to be a two-part message. I, I got all the notes together, and I said, this is going to be way too long. I'm going to split this in half, so I know you'll thank me for that as well. Um, so I want to get through a few points, and then next week we'll just, we'll just continue with this. No matter where we are, if, if it goes faster than I thought, I'm still going to preach the second half next week. Uh, but I want to just today give some thoughts on pride and thoughts on humility, kind of like both sides of it. If you're acting in pride, pride does this, but humility in Christ does this. And uh, we're going to look at the story of Esther, but not particularly Esther's life. Although Esther showed humility in a lot of ways, we're going to look at a character in the book of Esther that really, I think, 
exemplifies and is just a perfect person to talk about pride besides myself. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, an Esther, not, not at the beginning of Esther. If you know the story of Esther, um, I'll briefly go through it just because in case someone listens to the message online I don't want, and they don't know the story of Esther. Um, the king, King Ahasu, Ahasuerus, or I call him King A today, King A, um, his, his, and every time I think of Esther, I think of the VeggieTales Esther. It's impossible. Anyone ever seen the VeggieTales Esther? Okay, all I can think of is like, go make me a sandwich. He said, the king can make his own sandwich. And, uh, but really, the story's a little bit deeper than that. But pretty much, the king's having a party. Everybody's getting drunk. He wants his wife, who is a beautiful woman. It says she's very fair to look upon. He wants to kind of show her off. And she says, no way, dude. And VeggieTales obviously cleans it up and just says he wants a sandwich. And she says, no. Um, but she, you know, she's gone. She gets kicked to the curb. She's out. So now the king in chapter two, after he's, his anger's appeased, after his anger's gone, he suddenly realizes, what have I done? Oh my goodness, I miss her. This is bad. So his servants and everybody else says, we got to get all uh, the women in, 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 the, uh, in the city here, bring them all in. And he has to pick which one he likes. And, and again, if you think of VeggieTales, you think of the talent show they had with the, the ladies singing about the puppies and all that stupid stuff. I cannot think, all I can think of is, that, is, is him um, and the thumbs up and the thumbs down for everybody that comes up. So then Esther comes, and he likes Esther, and she becomes his wife, and, and all that's happening. But then we get to uh, chapter 3. And in chapter 3, a new character is introduced, and his name is Haman. And Haman is who we're going to be talking about today when it comes to pride. Okay, so I'd like to um, first give you the thought on pride, and then we're going to look at the scripture and how, really, you can see it right from the passage. The first thought on pride is this. Pride convinces us that we're more important, that we're more righteous than we actually are. Think about that. Pride convinces us that we're more important, that we're more righteous than we actually are. In Esther chapter 3, Haman is introduced. Um, and in, in verse number 2, and we're gonna, I have some verses to put on the screen, but I'm going to briefly go through the ones before it. Um, um, Haman goes out. And all the servants and all the people at the gate would always bow to Haman because he, was, he had been promoted. He was almost second in command. Uh, the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 3 uh, that the king advanced him, set his seat above all the princes that were with him. In verse 2, all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not. Now Mordecai is Esther's uncle. Nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. In verse number 5, we see this. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Haman allowed one guy not bowing to him, not showing him reverence, to fill him with wrath. And the same thing happens. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead in the story because the verse is right here. Um, uh, uh, afterwards, after all this, there's a part in the story where um, the king is going to honor Mordecai. And Haman walks into the room. And the king says, in verse 6 right here, the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? And, and what the king is saying is, you know, if you were going to honor somebody, you know, what would you do for the king? And Haman, look at Haman thought in his heart, to whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? It's pride. Pride convinces us that we are more righteous, more important than we actually are. 
It is why we get defensive when a flaw or a weakness is pointed out in our lives. A friend comes to you, somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, you said this or you did this or you're acting like this. And I just, I don't, I don't think that's good. Or, you know, oftentimes you do this. And what do we do? We get so upset. How could they, how could they think that? Why would they say that? They don't know the real me. They don't know. And, and we start to just convince ourselves and in, inwardly defend ourselves against this case that was brought against us. It is why we get angry when our children don't make mature decisions like we would have at their age when they're still maturing. When, in, the re when in reality, if we were honest with ourselves, we know that probably at their age we did the same things. We made the same stupid decisions. But, but as adults, we're suddenly like, you need to act like an adult when they're six, seven years old. I've been there, getting upset at Charlie for doing something. I'm thinking, he's five years old. <laughs> Remind myself of that. That's pride, though. That's, right. That's pride. It is why we put our spouse down in an argument to make them look dumb to make us look smart. It's pride. It convinces ourselves that we're more important, more righteous than we actually are. It's, why, it's even why we get so heated when the blue lights flash behind our car. I wasn't speeding. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't, I wasn't breaking any laws. And we suddenly are like, I can't believe. He's just trying to get his quote out. And we get so mad and we just convince ourselves that we're more righteous. Proverbs 15, 12 says, A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. Neither will he go unto the wise. Pride. Pride. It's spiritual blindness at its finest is what pride is. We really think we're in a great spot. We really think we're doing great. We really think we're doing okay. We don't need help. I don't need their, their critiques. I don't need uh, their, their, their words of wisdom. I don't need any of that. I have got it figured out. It's pride. Ignoring the scripture that says, that all the scriptures that say we are sinful, we are fleshly and in constant need of God's grace. We ignore those. That's what pride does to us. And it comes so quickly. We, 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 we miss, we don't even, we, we are blind to our blindness. We don't even see it. We are convinced that we are more important, that we're more righteous than we actually are. But humility, because this is a daily battle, humility reminds us that we are nothing aside from Jesus Christ. Pride may convince us that we are more important, more righteous, we don't need help uh, than we actually are, but humility in Christ reminds us and shows us that we are nothing aside from Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 says, uh, 15, 10 says, uh, Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. But look at this, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul may have done a lot, but Paul was quick to admit, hey, it wasn't me, though. Any good thing in me is only by the grace of God. And may we live that life of humility. May we not think that the success and the blessings that are in our lives are because of us, because of how important we are and how good we are and not even how hardworking we are. It is only by the grace of God that gives you the strength to work hard. It's God's grace. It's God's grace. Humility allows us to receive correction or even criticism in grace. I'm not going to sit here and say that anytime someone came to talk to me that their hearts were right 
or that uh, they really had uh, good intentions. Oftentimes people have, when I was in Jackson, Michigan, at, at, uh, as a youth pastor, uh, there were many times when um, someone would come and try to talk about something and my pride would flare up and I'd get mad and I would try to defend myself. I can't believe they would say that, I can't believe they think that. Uh, but that was wrong, it was pride. Other times some would come just to complain about me or complain about my wife and their hearts were not right. And they were not trying to give constructive criticism. They were trying just to criticize. But can I tell you this? Pride is not okay then either. Pride is never okay. Sin is sin no matter what's happening to you. And in those times, you know, I probably also acted in pride. I may have sat there and pretended that I was being understanding. But in my mind, I said, I want to slap you right in the mouth. (laughs) Which is pride. Which is pride. Humility and thank God for the humility found in Jesus Christ and the grace that he gives to have humility because in our own power, we will not do it. We will not do it. We'll get mad at our boss. We'll get mad at our spouse. We'll get mad at our kids. We'll get mad at the other driver. We'll get mad at anybody that gets in the way of our life being perfect because of pride. But humility from Christ allows us to receive correction or criticism in grace, not getting offended. Not having our, that inner lawyer uh, uh, formulating a case against the outrageous accusation that was brought. For, that doesn't happen. It's humility in Christ that allows us to rest in God's providential sovereignty. I wish I could go back to those times when people were being critical. And instead of being like, what a jerk, what a jerk. I can't believe they would say that. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no clue. They don't know. But to think, you know, how can I learn from this? Or, you know, maybe they're going through someone that's causing them to be, maybe I'm just in the crosshairs of something else in their life. Or, or like I said, you know, maybe this is something I need to look at. There's, there's, there's usually a little bit of truth in all those things, but I didn't. But the humility that's found in Christ allows me to do that. God has put me where I am. God put us in Jackson. God put us around those people. God's put us here in the Cape. He has brought the blessings in my life, and He allows the trials in our lives. So I never need to act in pride, thinking, I can't believe this has happened to me. I can't believe they said that about me, thinking that I'm more important, more righteous than I actually am. I don't need to rest in my delusions of righteousness. We need to, listen, we don't need to uh, uh, guard ourselves uh, just against the, the, the sins that we struggle with. We need to guard ourselves uh, against the, the self-righteousness that we think we have. The Bible says all of our riches are filthy rags. But oftentimes we rest in how good we are. And we would never say that for salvation. We say, no, no, salvation is by grace. We expect to live a successful uh, uh, Christian life because of our righteousness. No, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. We must remember who we are in Christ. Pride convinces us that we're more important than we actually are. Pride also causes us to make irrational decisions. Pride causes us to make irrational decisions. Esther 3, after... Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow to him. And it says he was full of anger. Verse 6, it says, And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. So, Haman doesn't just say, Man, this guy's really bothering me. I'm going to take him out. He says, you know what? He gets so mad... He says, I'm going to destroy this entire group of people because this one guy won't bow to me. Pride causes us to make irrational decisions. Listen, it was my pride back in 2014 that caused me to stay up 
till 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning of my third youth conference trying to figure everything out myself. Okay, we had a Saturday youth conference. It's our third one. It had been very successful. Marissa's laughing because she knows that what this was. Um, it was our third youth conference. God had begun to, to bless it. We had a, a, a bigger, a, a more well-known speaker coming in for this third year. We had decorated so much. And I was trying to get everything done with the technology. And, and this, we had a really junky laptop. And we're trying to put stuff on the screen and videos and all these different things. And I didn't want anybody's help because I thought that I was the best at everything. That's the, the only way to put it, and it sounds terrible because it is terrible. I was like, well, I didn't trust anybody to do it the way that I wanted it done. And I stayed up till 6 a.m. I was, I was there all week, and then Friday night into Saturday morning, the conference started at like 9, and I stayed up till 6 a.m. at the church, went home, and like closed my eyes for an hour before like this all-day youth conference that I was hosting. I didn't ask for help because I thought I was the only one who could do it right. I think this just died. That's fine. I, was the only, I thought I was the only one that could do it right. And I remember watching the video after the fact because we re videotaped it and things like that to record it. I remember watching like the first like 10 minutes of the youth conference and I'm like, I don't even remember saying any of that. Like, I was so like lost and drowsy and like out of it and just completely a mess. It was my pride. And it was, it was the next week I said, I will never do that again. God humbled me. That whole day, I don't even remember any of it. It, it was, I think it went well. <laughs> I hope it went well. It was six years ago. It really doesn't matter anymore. But it was my pride that called me to trust somebody. It is pride that leads someone to make an unwise purchase. Maybe when the money's not there or when the money shouldn't be spent uh, just to impress others or to fulfill some uh, uh, emptiness inside. If I buy this, I'll feel a lot better about my life. It's pride that does that. It's pride that keeps us checking our social media accounts to see how many likes, how many views, how many uh, comments, how many retweets, and spend all of our time continually seeing who's doing this or what's going on or did anybody see this uh, and waste time. I have been so guilty of that. And it's pride that does that. Pride causes us to make irrational decisions. But humility leads us to wise decision-making. Like I just said, after that third youth conference, I made a change. I made a change. I said, I'll never, ever, ever do that again. I will never not trust somebody else to help. And thank God, I, I, I thank God there was many other parts of my life that I did not figure that out. But when it came to a youth conference, that small part of my life, from then on, I remember the next year, we... We broke into two days, had a Friday. I think you guys were there staying the battle with Randy Dignan and Tony Shirley and Brother Haglin. And uh, I organized that and, and included our whole church in such a great way that I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> it was great. I suddenly figured out what delegation was as a youth pastor. It was our fourth year. And I'll never forget, like, showing up and... Everybody doing registration and food getting ready and games being prepared. And I just kind of walked around and I was like, wow. Like, and I had, listen, by the way, I had been a lot months before this planning and prepping and talking and figuring things out to where when it came to the actual youth conference, I remember just sitting up on the platform. Usually I was running around during the service trying to figure it out. I sat in the platform the whole time, listened to preaching and everything went, it was, the, it was probably the, one of the best we ever had in, in the seven that we did. It just went so smooth. We had our biggest crowd, and then everybody started doing these conferences, and the crowd started to diminish because everybody started doing them. But that one just, I remember just being like, wow, 
like to trust other people to do things well and explaining how I, how I want it done, but just saying, hey, you have some freedom. And I humbled myself in that area of my life and in the area of ministry, and God blessed it. Lord. It was great. James 4, 6 says, He giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humility causes us and leads us to make wise decisions. And wise decisions are spirit-led decisions. That's just the way it is. Wise decisions in our lives are decisions that have been led by the Spirit of God. From the big things to the small things. Spirit-led decisions. God, um, after that, obviously I mentioned, you know, I tried to just, when it came to youth conference, but you know what, in many other areas of my life, I still had a lot of pride. When it came to trusting my wife on on little things and on things, I, I still thought I was the man. Uh, uh, when it came to uh, other areas of ministry, I still thought I was the man and I was untouchable. And, and, and that was pride in my life. And over the last few years, really in the last year and a half or so, God has humbled me and made me realize that without Him and aside from Him, I'm nothing. And that I do need other people in my life. Uh, if you get to a point where you don't think you need anybody, that's pride. That's what pride is. It's okay to talk about things. It's okay to, to share your heart with people. Uh, you know, the word vent, we think of like when you vent to someone how it's like this, it's oftentimes can be a complaining session. That's not right. We're not supposed to live lives in complaining. But to share your heart, to share your struggles, and to share uh, uh, um, things that you, that you struggle with, that's okay to count on other people. We count on the Lord Jesus Christ first, but we have to remember God puts people in our lives for the reason, to help us, to listen, to confess your faults one to another uh, uh, and pray for another that you may be healed. Um, but, but, Pride keeps everything to ourselves and trusts only ourselves. And then we're running around stressed out trying to figure things out on our own because we have shut everybody else out. Humility leads us to wise decision making whether, in whatever situation in life. What else does pride do? Pride also manipulates situations and relationships to better our own personal lives. Pride manipulates situations and relationships to better our own personal lives. So here we find in Esther, we, we, the book of Esther, we find Haman is mad. He says, I'm going to kill the entire group of people because of this one guy. He's making crazy decisions. Um, and in verse number 8 of chapter 3, we see it says, In Haman, he comes to the king. It says unto King A, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of the kingdom. Now just kind of see how he tells this story, how he's talking to the king. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. I love how it says at the end, the Jew's enemy. This was what Haman's new title was enemy of the people of God. He comes to the king, and he and remember, we, as far as the, the book says, it's only Mordecai who's not bound, but he says, these, these people don't obey your laws, and they need to be destroyed. And king, I think it would be a really good idea if it pleases you that, that you know, and I'll pay, listen, we'll get all the money together. And he just kind of manipulates this whole situation to better his own life. The Bible says, only by pride cometh contention. Contention, fights, arguments, 
all those kind of things in your life, uh, strong disagreements, uh, uh, unkind thoughts of someone else, all that contention, it always stems from pride. But with the well-advised wisdom, the Bible says, rumors are spread. It's just let's talk about in your life, in your job, in your family, in your friends. Rumors are spread. Lies, maybe, are told. Gossip circulates. Money is spent irrationally. We saw that in the, in the passage. He says 10000 whatever it takes, we'll just take care of this. Arguments are had. Here's one that names are dropped. As, as a youth pastor, I've talked about how I struggled with insecurity so much, especially early on in my life, just growing up. And even as a youth pastor, like I did a pretty good job of hiding it, but I wanted to be friends with everybody. I want everybody to know my name. So pride, the pride in my life, we talk about manipulating situations and relationships. I wanted everybody to know who I was. So if I was at a meeting, you know, youth conference, I was like, I'm going to meet that youth, that, that, that speaker, and I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to try to get his phone number so that I can say that I have so-and-so's phone number. And then as that started to work, and I started to get to know people and have people's phone numbers in my eye, I'm like, wow, look at these famous pastors, which, by the way, like, the majority of the population doesn't even know who these people are anyway. <laughs> but in my little circle of fundamentalism, I was like, wow, like, I'm so fundamentally popular. And, and it was pride. And I look back, and it's, 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 it is. It's embarrassing to talk about. But that's what pride does. Pride manipulates situations and relationships. And I would text people once in a while, like, hey, how are you doing well, brother? When all I wanted to do was see if they'd respond. It's, it's, it's pride. I was looking for fulfillment in just being known and, and, and being popular. And then you know what happened? People started inviting me to their youth conferences. I remember I led, youth singing, led singing this crazy singing. I was just a, an idiot, really, and had fun with the teens. Oh, you're the best song leader in America. You're amazing. You're great. And I started getting invited to these conferences, and I thought I was the man. And I'd go, and the teens would be pumped and excited, and pastors would be like, wow, you should come lead singing at my youth conference. And I'm like, oh, let me check my schedule. What a loser. <laughs> and I thought I had it all together. But inside, I was broken. I was so insecure. And pride shows itself in insecurity, by the way. Like, insecurity seems like the opposite of pride. Like, isn't that thinking really low of yourself? But that's what it is. It's self-focused. And I, I, I was searching for my identity, really, in everything but the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace. And it took God uh, putting me through a series of events in my lives later on just to bring me to my core and say, listen, none of that, let me build your reputation. <laughs> and, and it's still a battle for me. I'll say, I'll be honest, it's still a battle for me not to, to want to be known. And, and when it comes to social media, and, and obviously you think about in this last eight weeks, we had everything online and, and you have people saying, man, great job on the live stream. And like, I have to fight against the urge to be like, yeah, that was really great. Wow, way to go, Donald. That's pride. That's what pride does. Pride manipulates situations in relationship to better your own life. When in reality, it's not making life any, any better in, in the grand scheme of things. It's not. But that's what pride does. Humility, the other side of that, lets God lead and chooses to serve others. Not for glorification of self, but for glorification of God. Humility Oh, I wish I could go back and do this. Let's God lead. But in my life, 
I was always trying to lead the way. I was always trying to make myself better and more popular and more well-known and, and this and that, whatever it may be. And Humility lets God lead. I don't need to spend my time and energy building reputation. I don't need to do that. I don't need to, to fish for compliments. I was so good at that. <laughs> I was so good at that. Be like, yo, you know, yeah, that special this morning, you know, I messed up on that one part. <laughs> what am I doing? Come on. Oh, no, that was a great special. <laughs> well, you know, God help me. God help me. I don't need to do that. I don't need to follow the crowd just to feel like I'm a part. Let me just do what everybody else is doing just so that I can be like everybody else. I don't need to find out the details of everybody's life just so I can pretend to care about fixing their issues. You know, I've got all the juicy gospel in everybody's life so I can talk to my buddies about it. And I know they're like, oh, did you know this though about this part of the situation, about this part of the story? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, and you feel important because you just have all the details. What a miserable existence. That's what pride does. Humility serves others by giving myself, but pride serves myself at the expense of others. Humility serves others by giving myself, but pride serves myself at the expense of others. And that's, that's, that's what insecurity does. It's, it's whatever it takes to make myself feel better about myself, I will do. I'll, I'll cut this person down publicly as a joke. I'll tease this person so that they're all laughing at him and I feel like a funny guy. You know, uh, whatever it may be, fill in the blanks. You know, at, at your job, I'll make this guy, uh, I'll remind this guy of how many times he's messed up so that I can remind him that I don't ever mess up in our job. Whatever it, could, whatever it may be. Insecurity does that. Pride does that. Humility leaves my reputation up to God. God, whatever you choose. God, if you choose to have me be a pastor in the mountains of Virginia with a population of 600 and no one ever even knows the name of my church or the name, uh, my name or anything else, but I get to serve you and lead these people to Christ, then so be it, God. It's the best life I'll ever live. But pride puts immense pressure in my life to keep up this fake image of myself that I've created, which in turn ruins my self-created reputation after a while. Because you know what? Nobody cares about Donald the song leader anymore. I'm not, I'm not lead, I don't really want to lead singing at youth rallies anymore, <laughs> to be honest. All that stuff that I worked so hard to get, doesn't, it's, not, it's not like doing anything for me right now. It's just not. But that's what pride does. I live a life of intense pressure trying to keep up this self-created image for naught. That's what pride does. Pride also leads to glory robbing and self-promoting. Esther 5, we, we skip ahead a little bit, you know, um, to chapter 5. And uh, chapter 4, we see that Mordecai finds out about this evil plan from Haman. And he goes to Esther and says, please do something. You know, you're here for such a time as this. You've heard that wonderful verse and probably a great, great message is about that for such a time as this. And he goes and Esther doesn't know and she's nervous. I, 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 again, I always think of, you know, the VeggieTales movie, how she doesn't want to and things like that. And, and then in chapter five, we come to, um, she comes to the king um, before he lifts his scepter and people think, what well, you can get in trouble for that, but she doesn't. And the king's fine with it. And uh, uh, verse number 11 Okay, well, actually, verse number nine, I'll read these verses, and then we'll look at verse 11 on the screen. 
It says, Haman went forth that day. Uh, uh, this is after she invited the king and Haman to dinner. Because she didn't, she, didn't she didn't tell him, like, hey, she said, well, how about you just come to my house for dinner? And Haman's all like, this is great. This is awesome. Uh, uh, it says in verse 9, he went forth that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, he stood not up nor moved for him. Um, in verse number 9, uh, he was full of indignation. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his wife and Zeresh, his wife. Verse 11, it's on the screen. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. And Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. So Haman is just, and it's hilarious because we know why she was inviting him. But Haman, he just is so pumped up. He's just like, this is great. I'm the man. Psalm 10, 4 said, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. And when God is not in your thoughts, you, you, you take the glory for yourself. Every good thing in your life, you take credit for. And this goes along with number one. Uh, um, that, that first point that we talked about, um, that pride convinces we're more important, more rights than we actually are. It goes right along with, with this one. Um, it, just, it takes credit for what God has done. That's what pride does. Pride takes credit for what God has done. But the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. Pride leads to glory robbing and self-promoting. Every, every time you take the credit for your job, you take the credit for your kids turning out well, you take the credit for, your, for a great marriage, you take the credit for how well you're doing at your job or the promotion that you got, you take credit for the size of your bank account, you take credit for every good thing in your life when it all goes back to God. He gets the glory. He deserves the glory for every good thing in our life because every good thing in your life is a gift. Every good thing in your life is a gift. Every time. Humility gives God glory for all, for everything. That's what humility does. You think of the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that He humbled Himself even to the death of the cross. The cross drips with humility. The blood of Jesus Christ is humility. He shed His blood. He took our sins upon Himself. The perfect Son of God took our sins upon Himself and went and died a miserable death for us. That is humility. And out of the tomb walks humility incarnate. He did it all for us. It says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost, not to be served, but to serve. That was Jesus Christ, and that is what the gospel is. Listen, the salvation found in the gospel of Jesus Christ takes us humbling ourselves and saying, I need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell, but Christ died for me. That takes humility. The gospel is humility, but even beyond that, the Christian life. The gospel for every day that says, listen, I can't do this on my own. I can't live this Christian life. I can't live for God. I can't live in humility without the grace of Jesus Christ. That is all it is. But pride is so sneaky and pride sneaks into our lives 
and, 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 and makes us think we don't need God. And we don't think we need God. We don't run to Him. And we don't spend time with Him. We don't count on Him. We count on our own strength. But humility gives God glory for everything. So just a quick recap. Humility, a pride convinces us that we're more important than we actually are, more rights than we actually are. But humility reminds us that we're nothing aside from Christ. Pride causes us to make irrational decisions. But humility leads us to wise, spirit-led decision-making. Pride manipulates situations and relationships to better our own personal lives, our own personal kingdoms. But humility lets God lead and serves others. Pride leads to glory-robbing and self-promoting. But humility gives God glory for all. Talk about the next few points next week in the message. Um, But this week, think about those things. Think about those things in your own lives. Uh, Ask God to reveal pride in your life. Uh, I'll tell you, he will. If you, if you genuinely want God to reveal pride in your life, ask him, beg him, and he will show it to you. He's done it for me. You think you're doing like, I think I've got my pride in order. And then you say, God, please show me if there's any area. And he suddenly does. Puts you in a situation, reminds you of something, and reveals it to you. And you can give it back and say, Lord, please, turn that pride into humility, Lord, please. Keep me humble. The daily war of humility versus pride will continue next week on part two. Lord, we love you. We need you. Would you bless us as we go? Would you bless us as we have a a moment of prayer in just a minute? And God, would you just um, help us, Lord, to be humble?